Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, guys? This is the post-Sunday podcast. This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, with you guys here today. I am with our co-host here, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's going on, man? Another week? We are back. We got a lot of content. We got a great story. And we got a lot for people to learn. Yes, we do, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're um, we're going, man. We're, we're going in. We're continuing the never-ending story here at the Post Sunday Podcast. We are on episode 38, guys. And uh, if you're first time joining us, welcome. We're so excited to have you. You're like, man, you guys are 38 episodes in. Yes, we are. Uh, we have been going from Genesis 1 all the way to, Rev- we're going to go all the way to Revelation. We're basically doing a full church Bible study together, and it's been amazing. And so I welcome you guys to join us. You can find us at GenesisChurchOrlando.com. All the resources are there for you, backslash the never-ending story. And uh, you can follow us through, and you can binge throughout all of our episodes on Spotify and iTunes, 1 through 38 here today that we'll have. And we're also on YouTube as well. You can check out a few episodes that we put together on video for you guys. And so that's been great. But uh, we're going to dive right in, man. I'm, I'm excited for what what's happening. Uh, this weekend, we had Pastor Chad just bringing a tremendous word uh, and continuing, man, the life of Jesus and this trajectory that we're headed towards. Um, but it's it's awesome. It's awesome. We've heard this story many times for those that have walked or have lit continue or been in the faith for a while. You've heard this story uh, for a while, uh, many times, but... But the way that he just brought it was was awesome. But I want to break this down. We're going to be in John chapter eleven today, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, what did you think this past weekend was was awesome? Yeah, this is get your popcorn ready, right? Because <laughs> this is one of those miracles that really sets a stage. Yeah, it really um, unravels everything because after this is over. Um, you know, everything's in motion. They're, they they want to kill Jesus. Yeah. The, the plot is there. They're in motion really because of this final event. And that that's a big deal. And, you know, and Chad, Chad does such a great job of just putting life to it in the sense of for people that are, that are struggling in life, that are up against circumstances that feel like Mary and Martha and mm. you, you have this, this circumstance in front of you that's completely, for lack of a better term, dead. Yeah. Right. Uh, when Jesus arrives, there is, there can be a new possibility and there can be new life. And that doesn't mean you get exactly what you want. And I think we see that within the story. I think we have to understand that, as we said, God does miracles when he wants, how he wants, for the reason he wants. Yeah. And that doesn't always align with the way that we are asking and that is why he is God and we are not. We have to trust him above all. And we will see that in the story today. But 
Chad was very clear just about the fact that, you know, when you read this story, you see the love of God just being flushed out in every capacity. You see that, that God is teaching us that love waits and, and that is the timing in which things happen for his purpose and for his glory. You see that, that love weeps. We'll talk about that today. That, that Jesus has compassion for you when you're hurting and you're broken in your circumstance. And then we see ultimately that love wins, the love of God, not just love as we know it in our culture and our world, but the love of God wins. And that is the beauty of the story of God that we are really tracking from beginning to end. And so it doesn't matter if you go to our church anymore. I think we have gotten to the point where this <laughs> podcast is just a resource. It is a biblical resource where some pastors in Orlando, Florida, who happen to pastor a church, Genesis Church Orlando in East Orlando, are really using the the medium of podcast and YouTube to help people understand the word of God. And we're getting messages from all around the country all of a sudden yeah. of people in other states that have found the podcast and they're listening to it weekly. Just uh, last week you had shared, you know, someone uh, that runs a gym up yeah. in, in the north, like in Michigan or something, yeah. has found the podcast and they listen to it weekly. And I was like, man, that that's just God, right? Like I yeah. can't, I can't explain that. Yeah, no, it's 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 an awesome thing, man, and and it's funny because now as I'm talking to people at at our church, um, I'm noticing that the pod is part of their study through the week. Like, it's not even this like, oh, I love listening to it, or oh, I love supporting you guys, or it's like, no, there, you know, it literally like as I'm reading scripture and listening to the pod, like you know, it's all coming together for me. Like, it's yeah. great to hear that verbiage. Like, it's just another angle, another outlet. Um, and, and yeah, man, you know, as we're, I know for myself, when I'm getting ready for a message, you know, you guys, you guys laugh at me a ton because I'm like a, a, a <laughs> I'm like a, a middle schooler with like four or five different books, you know, in my hand, like trying to grab every There's translation. in and, my shelf. <laughs> There's always just this gap, dude. And I'm like, Johnny's been here. Yeah, he's been here. Uh, we need like a library card system going on here, but it is. Uh, I, I want to hit every angle. I want to hit every perspective. I, you know, I honestly, man, like reading, sitting at the feet of G, Rabbi Jesus, and walking in the dust of Rabbi Jesus, reading those two books have really um, just opened up a new perspective of the Jewish culture for me. And now it's like when I'm teaching or whatever I'm doing. I want, I, 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 it's almost, I need to bring that perspective in. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't do it justice that I just go off of whatever tangent. Like I need context. I need it because it make, again, we, we've said it so many times, real play, real people, real places, real times. Yep. That's what it does. It brings life to, to the content that, that, that and, the scriptures and we've bring. seen it like we, you know, the, the other step is we announce our first ever Israel tour. Ooh. And we sell out in five days. That's, it's insane. Like, I'm like, man, we have a year to get people to go on this trip. And we sold out our spots in five days. So there's the people that are, are like, I'm learning it. I'm with you on the pod. Now I want to go walk I it with you. I want to walk it. I want to live and, it. And, yeah. you know, we talked with someone who came by the office that was like, I, I'm buying sandals. And I want to walk in the dust 
that Jesus walked and then I'm going to bag them up and bring them back. That's, and I'm like, that's a great thing. That's yeah. a power. I might do picture, that myself. Right. Like that's, <laughs> that, I've never heard that or thought of that. Wow. And just when they said that, I was like, wow. So if you're with us, like stay with us. Uh, we don't do that for, for our gain. Yeah. We, we are doing this so that you are gaining as much understanding of the scriptures as possible. Exactly. That's what this pod has always been about from the day one that we, you know, dream this up and we launched yeah. this. And so we've got dreams and visions for this going forward for years to come. Uh, and we got some cool stuff coming up. The other day we were talking about the idea of like, hey, before the year's over with, we're going to do a live podcast. We do. With a studio audience. That, yeah. For one of the yeah. sessions. I am. Like just on a Sunday evening and let everybody that's local that wants to come in, be in and take some live questions. I'm so stoked about we're gonna, that. We're going to unravel it. So we're, yeah. we're just going to have fun with this. And we, we pray that this is helping you grow in your understanding of God's word. But the goal is not that you just gain more knowledge. Knowledge yeah. is powerful, but we do not want to get huffed up on knowledge. Yeah. We want to rethink life the way God intended. Therefore, we have to know and have the knowledge of God's word, but it has to permeate our hearts. It has to go from your head to your heart, and it has to change how you live, how you talk. Just the other night, I was in a men's life group listening to their stories, and one man said, listen, I'm just beginning this journey. Like right now, my language is just, it's less colorful than it's ever been. So I'm thinking about the words coming out of my mouth, and I was just sitting there going, that's awesome. Wow. That's awesome that this man's being vulnerable enough to say my life hasn't totally changed yet, but it's changing. That's yeah. the goal. Something has to be changing when you open up the story of God. If it's not, then you're not letting it do its job. And so everyone's at a different pace. Yeah. yeah. The goal is to be at the same place and the place is as close to Jesus as possible. Yes. Right. So the pace is different, but we all want to come to the feet of Jesus and sit and learn as much as we can. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're doing here together, man. And that's, it's a beautiful thing. And so let's dive in, man. We're at the, we are at a, uh, just a, a very pivotal part in Jesus's ministry. Um, I want to get your take as well on the author of this book as well, their view on this, because I think that matters when we are reading in the book of John chapter 11. Um, John, as we know, was, was by Jesus called uh, the beloved, the one that that he loved, or the one that he loved, the one that that loved. He just he was. It's a me. I get this picture of someone that was very affectionate, very, very uh, close. Um, you know, possibly love language was you know touch and you know feel and hugs and all that. You know, you kind of get that sense from John, um, and so. The way he's going to write this book is going to showcase that. And so uh, as we're here now in Genesis chapter 11, we are talking about the death of Lazarus. And for many of us, I mean, we have heard this story. We know the outcome. We know what's going to transpire. But again, I just, our prayer is that we can, the Holy Spirit can really allow us to see what's written, but maybe breathe some new life into it, see between the lines or or really have that um, a vision or whatnot in between the lines of what what the spirit was doing but uh, and, and Jesus. But yeah, man, we're, we're now, uh, it says that now a certain man in verse one was ill. So we know Lazarus, Lazarus was from Bethany, uh, the village where Mary and her sister um, Martha, uh, the village of Mary and her sister Martha, that's where he was. And, 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 
It says in verse 2, It was Mary who anointed the Lord uh, with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. I um, I was talking to Chad about that, and it's, it's, it's actually pretty... Um, it was pretty um, surprising in a sense that it's he's talking because we don't find that out till later, right? And so, like, as he's recording these, that's crazy. Letting you know, yeah. Um, so it's 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 awesome because he wants you to know who this particular person is. And so the sisters in verse three sent to him saying, "Lord, he whom you love is ill." I, I find that wording to be. Pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but then in verse four, but when Jesus heard it, he said, the illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Um, great, yeah, that's that's great a powerful yeah. explosion right up front. <laughs> Man, yeah. Because when John is writing this gospel, he begins it with, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. So at the beginning of his gospel account, and he later says this is an eyewitness account so that others might know that he is the Christ. He has a direct goal in his writing. So we're back mm-hmm. to, as we keep saying, real people in real places at real time. He is writing specifically for you to understand things about Jesus. This is why they're given to us. This is why they're important to learn and to study. And so he wants everyone to know that the God at the beginning of what we're calling the never-ending story this year, as we walk through this adventure of God's story together, is the God who shows up in flesh. And this is him, Jesus, the Messiah the world has been waiting for. And so when he's giving you all those details up front about Mary and Martha and what she did and where they are in the place of Bethany and all those things, they're all little pieces of a bigger story that's about to play out. But I think that what he gives you right up front is a lot for some people to really try to spiritually chew on for today. You know, whether it's the big finale of this whole story, to me, it's really the part right up front. When Jesus heard this, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So Jesus immediately says, remember, he's a teacher. He's a rabbi. Everything he does is going to talk about his mission, his message, and he's going to display it in a miracle. Why? So that the whole world may know that he is God. That was the miracles in the Old Testament. That is what Jesus does in the New Testament. And it says it right here. This death, this illness is not about death. I want you to know right up front as you're telling me this, I want you to know that what is about to take place is for the glory of God so the Son of God may be glorified through it. So he tells you everything that's about to happen has a purpose and a reason for it. And so therefore, it should cause you to really lean in because he's he's not giving away what he's about to do right up front, but he's telling you, Pay attention to every detail that's about to happen. It is for the glory of God and so that I might be glorified through it. I want you to see something, hear something, understand something. It is not about Lazarus. So when someone's going through a difficult time or a difficult circumstance, it's hard sometimes to wrap your head around. It's not about you. It may not be about you. This may be for something far greater and far bigger, which we cannot fathom and understand in the moment. That's crazy. Yeah, and every like you said, everything is a teaching lesson. 
And so now they're getting ready. Um, and it says in verse five, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So there was a love, there was, there was a relationship there. Um, so there's care, right? We're seeing that human side. I, I want, I want people to know that, right? Because I think we think Jesus, we think, you know, someone that just didn't have emotion towards situations. Like they was just numb to it. Like, no, there's, they specify scripture that he loved them. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, uh, this was where, you know, caught really caught catches you off guard. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Talk to us a little bit about that because there's some big significance there right. uh, with that. So you you immediately, as Chad was talking about love waits, you begin to see this picture that they have an urgency. Our mm. friend is sick and needs you right now. We Don't we know all what have you urgency? Do, right? So what do we do with all of our problems? <laughs> God, in this very moment, I need you to move right now. Yeah. And I'm not getting up till you do so. Yeah. Sometimes love waits mm. and that is never ever easy and for some of us acceptable we don't like wait right so like we don't want that we don't care we don't care if it's going to end up better in the moment we don't want to wait any no. longer no. and so it says that he waits two days that's hard. Let's just be, let's be real about this for a moment. We're pastors. So we're supposed to have like all the spiritual understanding. I can just tell you, I would be frustrated. I would be super frustrated if I had Jesus with me and he's like, now nah, we're going to, we're going to hang out for two more days. That would, that would fluster me and frustrate me that there are times in my life, God, I need this to happen at this time. And if it doesn't happen, I don't know how we're going to move forward. Yeah. I'm putting you on a time frame, And then we realize that God is outside of our time. Yeah. God knows no time. He's the one who spoke and created time for us, right? Yeah. He works in his time and his way. And therefore, when we need God to move, sometimes God is saying, in my love, I'm waiting. And you don't understand this right now, but you're going to see something and experience something far greater if you just learn to be a little patient you know he he uses the word endure a whole bunch the scriptures do that we to endure or have endurance yeah. that that picture of like you got to keep going even when you don't want to because as you know working out or whatever if you don't endure the process you know, they, what's, what is it? You've already won the battle. If you just get to the gym, yeah. right? Cause you yeah. wake up in the morning, like I ain't going, I hurt. I'm, I ache. I, you know, I can put this off. I don't need that day just getting there, it, but it's enduring through it that you eventually see the results. And sometimes in our faith, for some of us, we have to endure. So Jesus hits a pause button mm. for two days. But he says he loves them. Yeah. So you know so the there, love is there. There's a relational aspect to it, man. You know, you take away the, the their desire for the healing, right? Just just Jesus being a friend. Where are you, man? You know, like you're supposed to be here with us. This is this is the this is the most one of the most important crucial times of our life. Our brother has died. You, as a friend, you're just you're not even here. Where are you? So, just looking at it in that perspective, because I know they wanted him to do the healing. But there's that friendship aspect, like, man, we, 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 we need someone to console us and be here with us, and you weren't even here. And so we're going to see that in the language that they're speaking over him. And so, yeah, the, the waiting is tough, and um, 
It was, I mean, it's it, it will specify here that Jesus wept. Yeah. Um. Do we know? You know, could it have been? Uh, do you know because a friend just passed? Could it be just in that humanly aspect? Could it be some other reason? Like you just kind of wonder. Like you kind of ask those types of questions. Like where, where you know, you just wish you were in the mind of Christ at that time, right? When you like, look at how John writes it, yeah. this is what you begin to unfold. It's you know, verse eight. The disciples said to him, Rabbi. So this is what we've been talking about in the fact of the relationship. Jesus is a teacher. His mission and message are going to permeate anything he does. This yeah. is what you were doing. You were trying to get your disciples to one day do what you can do. So for them to be able to do what you can do, you have to teach them every detail about who you are and your interpretation of the scriptures and your way of life. And because they're going to take this and they're going to continue it. And remember, uh, a rabbi is looking at a disciple saying, can they do what I do one day? And so you have this, you know, we talked about it. It's a, a relationship between a disciple and a rabbi was more like son to father. Remember we, we talked about even on this pod that if you had a, earthly father and you had a spiritual father, your biological father and your rabbi, and one of them needed to be rescued, they had this saying, you would rescue your spiritual father first because your biological father brought you into the world. Your spiritual father's taking you into eternity, the one to come. So it wasn't that don't love your dad, but they were showing the importance of your spiritual father. Wow. So this relationship matters. And now they have this, they're, they're talking to him, they call him rabbi. So we're not making this terminology up. Yeah. We're giving you real people, real places, real time. We're giving the context. It says that the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and you're going there again. So they're, where they are and where he wants to be, things have already transpired. So their mind is twirling. We have a sick person we need to attend to who's dying. You're going back to a place where people hate you and want to stone you. What is going on here? Right? And he begins to teach them about why he came. Remember, his mission and his message are the highest priority. It is not all of our needs all the time. It is what he needs to reveal himself to us that is the highest priority. We get caught up in all of our needs all the time. And when you get through this kind of this first chunk of the, of the passage, the disciples say to him, verse 12, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they brought but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, listen to, to the words. Think if your teacher has told you this, and of all people, Jesus, Lazarus has died. For your sake, I am glad. Excuse me? Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine telling your friend, hey, I know a close one of your family members died. For your sake, I'm glad. I was right? not there. Right? <laughs> For your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. That's crazy. So that you may, why? Now here's the, again, here's the tea. you may believe. Yeah. He's letting them know something's coming. But now let us go to him, right? So He's told them up front, this death, this illness is really not about Lazarus. It's for the glory of God and so that I may be glorified. Now he's telling them, you should be glad I'm not there and I wasn't there because you're going to believe something you've never believed before. Mm. You're, you're the disciples. You've been with Jesus through a whole heck of a lot. Like where is your faith that he has to look at you and go, oh, so that you can believe something brand new. But let me let me ask you something. Didn't he he used this same verbiage 
for another healing of, of, of the, the centurion's, uh, the official's daughter. Yeah. He said she's, she's just sleeping, right? And here he is using the same verbiage with them about Lazarus. He's just sleeping. You know, like you're 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 hearing this language, uh, but it's it's again it's it's staying in the head, but not really hitting the heart. And remember, with the Roman, he didn't go there. He said, "Go home. Your faith has healed your child." So he didn't take his disciples with him on that. They 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 experience and and, and hear about the power. They're gonna see it firsthand right here. Mm-hmm. They're with him. They're, 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 they're engulfed in this. This wow. is now they're walking in his dust all the way through this whole experience. And he is telling them the whole time, just pay attention. It's like a teacher. I just need you to pay attention. When we get to the end of the story, it's all going to come together. What I, you know, it drives me nuts, but kids are, you know, kids ask thousands of questions, right? But my daughter, I know your kids are the same. You watch a movie and you're like 10 minutes in and they start asking questions. And what do you say? Just watch. Oh my gosh! Just We're in that watch. Stage. It's gonna. You're We're gonna find out. Right you're now. gonna find out. Yeah. And it almost drives you crazy. <laughs> and then you have to remind yourself that this is how children yeah. are wired. Yeah. And it's kind of like the disciples are the same way. They are when we are the same way with Jesus. We ask all these questions, and love waits. Just wait till the end. You're gonna see, and you're gonna find out. Yeah, Someone yeah. today, instead of asking the thousand questions that's causing you to doubt or disbelieve more just sit in love waits yeah and see yeah. how it all plays out yeah it's funny how uh, at the end of this too as you're saying we're like children so thomas called the twins said to his fellow disciples let us also go that we may die with him so <laughs> they're already like you know all right he's going to where he has enemies Get your heart ready, bro. We're about to battle this out, right? Like <laughs> we don't know where it's going, even, and he doesn't even know yes. what's about to happen. But I mean, again, I mean, you can't blame these guys. They, in in a way, yes; in a way, no. Like they, they don't. They're learning. They're growing. Like you know, if we were put in this type of situation, I, 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 I would, I would say that we would be very similar to what what they're what they're doing and speaking. You know, yeah. so. Here they are, Jesus. Jesus now. Uh, now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Um, talk to us about that because that has some significance. Yeah, that's huge. So, if you're listening today and you want that extra insight into the scriptures, this is something to really take note of in Jewish tradition. So, I wouldn't say biblical truth in Jewish tradition. They believed or they thought, let's not, let's not use the word belief, right? But they thought that the soul of a person hovered over its body for three days. They didn't have embalming like we do. So, you know, now someone passes away and you can embalm them and have a funeral, you know, in hours or days after and you can cremate them and, and have a ceremony, you know, within hours. They didn't have all of that. So... They believe that the hover, or that they thought, let me keep using the right language here, the soul of a being hovered over their body for three days and could re-enter it. We would look at that and go, maybe someone wasn't dead. Maybe they were resuscitated back to life, right? You know, mm. you hear these stories where they think someone's dead and then they're lying on a bed at a gurney and all of a sudden they sit up and it's like, wait, everything, we thought you were dead, but but you weren't. And so... It wasn't until the fourth day 
when the body would start to decompose and turn a different color. And so even the rabbis kind of had this saying that the, the, the soul would hover over the body for three days until it saw the whiteness of its face, meaning your, your body had started decomposing. And then it would realize it cannot return into that being any longer. And so it was thought of that four days meant completely dead. There is no no opportunity for this thing to come back to life at all. The soul has completely gone away. So the fact that Jesus, now let's now let's bring it in, right? They don't understand why he why he's waiting. He waits strategically till day four to arrive. He wants every thought that anyone could conjure up that maybe Lazarus wasn't dead, maybe he's sleeping, maybe he's, you know, maybe we can't find a heartbeat, but there is one. Maybe there doesn't seem like there's a pulse, but there is one. Any thought that the soul could re-enter the body is gone. He wants them for the moment to be at a state where it's he's dead. There's all no return, all is lost. Yeah. That is hard to understand for it some is. of us that Jesus could be taking us to that moment where you get to that moment where it's all dead, all is lost unless Jesus shows up. Wow. And it, that someone needs to hear that, man. Someone needs to hear that today. But here is Mary and Martha, right? And they're getting counsel from many people, you know, um I was talking to Chad, and and he just mentioned how Lazarus was 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 um, the meaning of his name was was had had to do with care and 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 someone that helped, and so he was known for that throughout that time, and so many people would many people came, and you see that in the gathering, right? Because you you're you're getting a mixture of different people coming in that are going to witness what's about to happen, but here is Martha and Mary. Right. And who comes out? <laughs> Martha heard that Jesus was coming. She went and met him. And here she goes. Right. Goes off on a tandem. Uh, Lord, if you had been here. Right. I almost got a picture like a his, Hispanic woman, like just coming out and just like just chewing, chewing them up. You know, like, Lord, if you would have been here, just my brother would have not died. <laughs> You know, like that. I depict. I kind of picture that. But it, you know, with all joking aside, but I mean, they're 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 distraught. They're they're really shaken um, because again, they think all is lost. Uh, but even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. So it seems like she starts a certain way. Then her verbiage kind of almost maybe she realizes, oh man, you know what? I I don't want to doubt you, and so. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Man, what an assurance, right? Even, even in the midst of what, like you said, these four days, bodies de decaying, like they're just, they're, they're, their thoughts are that it's, it's over. Here is Jesus bringing a promise that they need, they're going to hold on to. And so, yeah. The, the, the reality is that, um, Jesus has set this all up and they, they call him teacher. They call him rabbi and they are now, they are now in a state of pure brokenness. 
And it's like anyone, when you lose someone, you know, I've lost lots of family members. So I know what that's like. I've lost them to horrific tragedies that I don't have time to explain here that really make you question and wonder where God is. It's that, that, that moment of complete despair. And you would, you know, the skeptic is going to say, why would Jesus do that to them? Right? The one wanting to learn and spiritually grow is understanding the story of God has a bigger scope to it. And what Jesus came to do has a bigger scope to it. So while we see it through the the personal lens and we try to attach it to our own experiences, remind yourself at the beginning of this whole thing, Jesus says, this illness is not for Lazarus. It is for the glory of God and for the son of man, Jesus, to be glorified in it. This whole thing is going to have a greater purpose. And I let you know up front. So through the ups and downs, the heartaches, the turmoil, the weeping, the brokenness, all those things that you're going to endure throughout this process, I am going to teach you and show you something you cannot fathom or understand. Yeah, no, that's that's super good, man. And I love where we're going here because it's going to, it's going to get even more. He's going to really pack a punch with everything he's saying. But Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So there is there is this thought like, okay, I, I will see him one day. Like, I, I get what you're saying, Jesus, right? But no, he real, he, he tells her literally like, no, listen, listen, the, what, what I'm saying here is, listen to what I'm going to say. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he he." Though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I love how he tosses that right back at her, right? Do you believe that I can resurrect this, this your, your brother? I am the resurrection and the life. I want you, I want you to, I want you to believe it before you see it. Right there, there's, there's this. It's, it's, I love that he, 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 he brings that to the forefront first before the action is done because I I think that and for us that's a stance we need to take in our life. I have to believe that my God is going to be this, that he's going to do this, that he's going to do that even though I don't see it because it's it's going to happen. That's the God that we serve. In the book in in the account of this in Luke, he turns to her and he tells her didn't I tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? Mm. And and I've shared that experience in my own life where before we started Genesis Church and out in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm driving down a road and I'm freaking out. I'm panicking. We don't have finances. We have put our house up. We don't have a house in Florida to live in. We're getting ready to go to start a church from complete scratch. No denomination. No group of people are waiting for us. We are literally going to just show up and try to start a brand new church. And I'm driving down the road and I pull over just pure anxiety and I'm crying and I'm at my wits end and I do what I tell people don't do. I just drop my Bible open on my lap and I drop my finger in and, but it drops to that moment. So, and it's Jesus saying, didn't I tell you, if you believe you'll see the glory of God. Now, have I seen the glory of God? Absolutely. Have there been moments where I've doubted God completely? Yes, there have been because when you're in it, you don't understand it. But what we have to always hold on to is what we claim. 
His thoughts are greater than our thoughts and his ways are greater than our ways. We don't get that and understand that in the moment of the chaos. But this is the God who hovered over the chaos in Genesis chapter one and spoke everything into order and existence. And so right now there's a lot of chaos in Mary and Martha's life, the disciples' lives, the people around them. Lazarus is dead. He's not coming back. This is day four. And Jesus shows up and he says, listen, this is for God. This is so you can see me. And by the way, don't forget who I am. The mission and the message. I am the resurrection and the life. I need you to understand that before you see anything else. If he just does the miracle from afar, do they, do they not really understand this whole message? That's true. That's true, man. Wow. And so here we are. Uh, when she when she had said when he had when she had said this because uh, she said to him, "Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world." Um, so when she had said this, she went and called her sister, saying in private, "The teacher is here, is and he's calling for you." And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not come into the village, but it was still in the place where Martha had met him. And, and basically, it's leading into um, Jesus weeping. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And 35, Jesus wept. Well, if you want to learn a Bible verse... There's an easy one, right? John eleven thirty five, <laughs> the, shortest the, Bible verse of the scriptures. scriptures. So you can learn one, right? And you know, I've heard it's thousands funny of that messages. That, it's funny that I've that heard is thousands of messages on that. Like you know, if you want to memorize at least one verse, Jesus wept, and just think of like just that phrase, how powerful that is. It reminds you that God has always been a God of For compassion. You. It is reminds you that God has always cared. It reminds you that the God of the never-ending story, that when sin showed up, put a plan in place through Abraham to bless the whole world. So that even the God of the Old Testament that people wrongly think about as a God of judgment and wrath, as a God of mercy and compassion, Jesus doesn't come. The Son of God doesn't come unless the Father sends him in his love and compassion. Yeah. Love waits in the story. Love weeps in the story. It tells us after Jesus wept, it says, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. So they see his love for Lazarus. Why? Jesus doesn't have to weep in this moment. He's already told you, I know the ending, and I know why I'm coming, and I know what's going to happen in this whole process. I'm getting ready to teach all of you a lesson, as a rabbi does his disciples, and it's, it's going to be layered and packed with stuff. He doesn't have to weep, but it's also not manufactured. He weeps because the people around him are broken. He cares about those who are close to him. Wow. He cares about you today. When you're weeping, when you're crying, when you're broken, in your moment, whatever it seems like that is dead and it is, it is going nowhere, he is weeping with you even though he knows what's coming ahead because he still has that type of compassion for you. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. But some of them said, could he, could he, who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying. So, so some people doubt. see his compassion there's and doubt. some people are doubting. Yep. There's you doubt. a blind man. You can't, you can't have, you couldn't have saved Lazarus. So no matter what story, feeding the 5,000, whatever, we see doubt, we see disbelief, we, we see compassion. We, 
And you know what it shows? Whenever a hard circumstance shows up, it exposes what's in your heart. Do you really believe? Do you really trust? Are you really on board? I always, I always wonder when someone hits a really hard tragedy, how solid is your faith? Wow. Because it will show there are those who will walk away from God and there are those who understand I must cling to God. Mm. You only have two options. What's your Can first you response? doubt? Can you struggle? Can you be confused? Can you hurt? Yes. But you must also believe and trust that God is at work way beyond what you're dealing with right now. Yeah. What's, what is your first response in those moments? Right. And, uh, you don't know until you're in it. And so that's, that's the one thing you can't fabricate these moments and train for it. It just, it just kind of comes and, and here's Jesus in, in verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again, right? So he's moved by compassion these people are doubting. These people don't even know, you know, uh, they're, they're not even believing and trusting in him. But here he is. He's moved again, and he, and, and, and he came to the tomb. And so uh, it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Then Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days, and so what do we what do we know of those day uh, of that is that they thought that in four days it would be pretty much decay, uh, the body would be pretty much you know at, at its worst, and so it, it, you know that you get to see that here. That's that's that's, that's the thought process on what's happening with them, and and but Jesus affirm with what he says in verse 40 Jesus said to her did i not tell you that if you believed you will see the glory of god here he is again just reaffirming and reminding her listen i told you this i am the resurrection i am the life did i not tell you this so please do as i'm asking you verse 41 so they took away the stone and jesus lifted up his eyes and said father i thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. That's good stuff, man. I know what you can do, but I'm doing this so that they can know what you can do. That's good, man. Yeah, and then, you know, he he then proclaims Lazarus come out. I feel like... uh we should get uh, the Carmen song backtrack here. Lazarus, come forth. You know, only those who grew up in church know who Carmen is at this moment. But that's, uh, that's what I think about when I just hear the song and I, and I hear that moment. But the reality of this piece of the story is taking into, into a full picture of everything Jesus has done. At the beginning of the story, this is not about Lazarus. This is about the glory of God. Here at the final moment, Jesus says, I know you have heard me because you always hear me. Like If that's not beautiful for someone to, to understand and hear today, that when we pray and when we talk to the Father, 
I, I come to you and I know you hear me because you always hear me. You're always listening. We're, we can tie that all the way back to Exodus chapter three. God heard the cries of his people. God always hears the cries of his people. So God has heard the cries of Mary and Martha and, and all those involved in this Lazarus story in this moment and in this event. But then he says this, he tells them, he says, I do this on the account of the people standing around me. This is for them. This is for them so that they will know and they will believe you have sent me. So there is the mission and the message. This is what John has been writing about. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And now Jesus is affirming, he is confirming that I want this to happen. And the whole reason this has transpired and the way that it has transpired and the way that you have put it together, God, is because the people standing around me, are going to get to have this moment where they believe the one who sent me is you mm. because of what you're about to do. And then it's Lazarus come forth. And then it's the Carmen moment that, that we can sing and dance to. And then it says that the, the man who died, he's dead, comes out. His hands and feet bound with linen straps and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. There's so much hmm. in this story it's a lot. Yeah. that we need to be taking in as disciples of Jesus. Yeah. And really, there's a lot of practicality. And so, as Chad was saying, it shows you that love is waiting, that love weeps, and that at the end, love wins. God will do what God needs to do, but it's always for his glory so that you may know who he is so that you may believe and trust in him. In every circumstance of our life, in every trial, in every tragedy, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that God wants to do in this moment so that those standing around might believe in him? I love it when I get to do a funeral and the people that I know followed God with everything they've had. And at some point in their life, before they've gotten sick or gotten old or whatever, they'll say things like, hey, when I die, you preach the gospel of Jesus. I ain't coming back and I don't want to come back. I'm now with him. But I want everyone else to know. Yeah. Right? Like there's something powerful in that. I, there was a lady that attended Genesis in the, in the early years. And PJ and I stood around her bed and she said, she called us over her bedside and she said, my friends don't know Jesus. And when you do my funeral, she, she had cancer. So she knew she was dying and we knew that she was about to pass. She said, I want you to tell every single person in that room about who Jesus is. And looked me dead in the face with that. And she said, you promised me that's what you're going to do. She wanted her death and their brokenness and weeping to proclaim to everyone standing around that Jesus is who he claims to be, and she was with him. Wow. That's that's great stuff, man. And so, yeah, I mean, that's basically Lazarus comes out. The man who had died came out. His hands and feet were bound with linen and uh, his face wrapped with a cloth. Then Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. So you can imagine just the, 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 the buzz. You can imagine just uh, so much word being spread and all of this is now leading to the plot to kill jesus yeah it's because amazing you, right you got now a mixture of people that are just again they're they're gonna spill this news he already was someone that was uh kind of um 
wanted. And and now with something like this, it's like, man. Yeah, this sets into motion yeah. what Jesus came to do. Big time. Now they have a plot to kill him, which will lead to his crucifixion. Yeah. And you have to ask the question, why? Why was it at this moment in this time? If someone has the power over death, which is what the world needed because sin brought death in Genesis chapter 3. So this is the fullness of the story. God said, one day one is coming who will crush the head of the serpent. Mm. What the serpent ushered into the world that man chose to partake in and sin has forever separated humanity from God. The consequence will be death and eternal separation in that death. Jesus comes to be the answer and the to that to that problem, to be the savior the world needs and he brings with him the power over death, the very thing sin is the has as a consequence. And now, if someone has that, well, we can't allow them to have that. The world can't allow that to take place. They don't know that it's all part of the bigger plan, right? So God's in it. Now, here's something in the story that I think is just very, very interesting to know. And I was sharing with this uh, with you about this right before we uh, started the pod. Um, John is very strategic in his writing. Every single gospel writer is. Every every writer in the Bible is. That's why we say real people, real places, real time. They're, they're strategic in what they're writing, how they're writing, and what they want you to know. And this disciple of Jesus, the beloved disciple, you know, which is always funny because if he thought he was that way, how did he act, right, <laughs> around everybody else? But uh, John, John focuses in, in his gospel, on seven miracles. And you would have to ask the question, why seven? Well, we talked about this last week on the pod. Different numbers in the Bible have symbolism. We know seven is the number of completion. So the final and seventh miracle would matter if he's going to pay attention to seven. But the seven he pays attention to, first is the water into wine. What is that a representation symbolically of? Who turned water red in the Bible? Moses did. Who has the nation of Israel been looking for? The new Moses, a prophet, one like me. So when Jesus turns the water into wine, it's also very symbolic of what Moses did with the nation of Israel to remind people in his very first miracle to get them to start to understand the one you've been waiting for and the one you've been looking for has arrived. Okay? Then he feels... Then he heals the official son of Capernaum. What is Elijah and Elisha both known for? They both healed a son of somebody. So they're looking for the new Elijah who had his disciple, Elisha, whom he empowers with a double portion of who he is when he leaves. They, they focus on the healing of the, the invalid at the pool of Bethsaida, Bethsaida um, in which is a representation of Elijah and what he was doing. The feeding of the 5,000 is a representation of Moses and manna in the wilderness with the thousands of Israelites and how he brought them bread from heaven to, to nourish them the same way Jesus brings them bread to nourish them on this hillside. Then wow. you get the walking. The very next miracle is the walking on water. Well, Moses parts the water. Jesus walks on the water. You, you all of a sudden see this picture. We talk about the symmetry and what's being done and, and what the purpose is. And so the healing of the blind man is, is really the awareness that Jesus came to give you eyes to see something different. The Messiah is here. The promise of God. This is what all these miracles have been 
being written about and recorded. This is what John is doing, and he's building up to the seventh one. The seventh one is going to be the final completed miracle before we get the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And the final miracle he's going to record is the one that shows, that Jesus shows, I'm waiting for the fourth day. I'm waiting for there to be no, no, no no conjuring of a rumor of your own story that Lazarus could have been alive, possibly alive, wasn't dead. I'm showing up when he's completely dead. No one would question this. And then I'm going to bring him back to life. I am going to do this for the people standing around for the glory of God and so that they may know he who sent me. And John makes sure this is the final one. And when it comes to completion, the Pharisees want to kill him. Yeah. To be continued. Right. <laughs> exactly. Super good, man. Uh, this is great. Just keeps getting better and better and better. And so we are uh, just super thankful. Episode 38, John 11, Jesus Raises Lazarus. So much to really take in. Uh, again, we hope that we uh, just brought some a di- little bit of a different angle uh, aside from what you've received from Pastor Chad this Sunday to really be able to help equip you fully into the knowledge of Scripture and understanding of it but we want to thank you guys for joining us and tuning in we uh we ask that you guys leave a review and uh just uh yeah leave a leave a review for us uh give us a, a, a five star rating give us a rating man that'll help just really elevate the podcast really be uh just kind of uh in front in the forefront uh when people are searching through uh, some podcasts to listen to, biblical ones, and so uh, all that for the awareness and to really bring attention to the scriptures and the word of God. And so please subscribe, like, follow us on social media. We're, we're on Instagram, TikTok, we're on YouTube. Uh, hit the notification tab, subscribe, and join us there. But uh, we're, we're, we're blessed to be on all these different platforms so that you guys can have access and availability to it all but hope you guys were blessed today episode 38 in the books we will see you guys next week grace and peace thanks for listening to the post sunday podcast presented by genesis church a place to go further discover more and to learn things you possibly never have Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.